Welcome to the Blogger Genius Podcast, brought to you by Milo Tree. Here's your host, Jillian Leslie. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Blogger Genius Podcast. I first have to say thank you so much for showing up. I am loving doing this podcast. I am learning so much from my guests. So today, my interview is with a woman named Monica Froze, and she's an online business strategist. So for this episode, or this interview, I've split it into two parts. And I do this because the interviews are long, but they're so good that I want you to hear everything, but I don't want to overwhelm you with a podcast episode that goes over an hour. So would you reach out to me? Let me know whether you want them split so they're in kind of bite-sized chunks, or you'd rather them be full, I don't know, hour, hour and 15-minute interviews. So without further ado, I bring you part one of my interview with Monica Froze. And if you are a mom with a business, you will love this. My guest today is Monica Froze, and she is an online business strategist, and she predominantly works with mom entrepreneurs. So welcome to the show, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. All right. So the way, first of all, you are one of our top affiliate uh, affiliates for Milo Tree. So that's why I wanted to reach out to you because then I looked at your site and saw that you were doing all this incredibly cool stuff. Uh, but when I reached out to you, you said to me, I need to get back to you because I'm about to have a baby. Yes. It was like, I think the week I was having her. <laughs> okay. And then you had your baby and then you reached back out to me. And then we were just talking before we pressed record about having a baby. <laughs> and for you, this is your second baby. My second. Yep. But what we were talking about, which I thought was so relatable, was how hard it can be when you have a new baby. Especially when you're running a business. <laughs> Especially when you are running a business. And just like we were even sharing, I was sharing a story about how I read all the books. I, uh, My husband and I went into this. We thought with our eyes open, we had our daughter, and then it felt like our house burnt down. I concur with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, you know, you have all these plans and you, th and we were talking about this, honestly, how people tell you how magical and special it is to have a baby and a newborn. And for some of us, it's not so magical and special. Uh, yes. So I, I, you know, in some ways I have to be, I am careful when I talk about this in front of my five-year-old because she, you know, she doesn't have the ability to necessarily understand what I mean when I say certain things like having a kid is really hard. I don't want her just to think, oh, I'm really hard on my mom. Right. So I, I do try to be very clear when I, when I state it. And I, I absolutely think that there's like a general feeling that you're given, or at least I was given growing up and getting married, that having kids was like this wonderful thing and it completed life and all of this stuff. And then I had my first and I, and, and then my second, and I love them both dearly. Like I don't look at them and think, man, I wish I didn't have you, but I absolutely think it's the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. And I tell my husband all the time, I could work 90 hours in my business a week and find that a thousand times easier than having kids. I have to say I agree. I totally agree. I think that people who don't have kids will come up to, uh, you know, a couple friends of mine will say like, oh my God, is it like the best thing ever? And I say, well, it's not puppies and rainbows. 
it's not. For me, though, it has given me depth and purpose and meaning. Yes, but I not happiness. In I mean, meaning there are wonderful, happy moments, and it's like it's joyous. But it's also the hardest thing, and I don't think that that we hear that. We don't. I I don't feel like I I heard it at all, to be honest with you. And I also was one of the first, and I didn't, I didn't have kids super early. My first I had at 27 and I'm 33 now and I had my second. So I, you know, I'm like an average age nowadays, I would say probably for having kids, but I was still one of the first in my, my group of friends that had kids. And it was super hard to articulate to them what it was like, because I felt like everyone expected me to be like, this is amazing. And I did not feel that way at all. Now I did have postpartum PTSD with my first because I had a very traumatic, traumatic birth, which I wrote about on my blog and stuff, which actually has led to a lot of opportunity for me just by sharing that because I've come to learn that that's also, it's getting a little bit more traction now I feel, but talking about postpartum is also one of those things that's either treated as taboo or uh, just not something that you share with people. And so now I talk about it a lot because acknowledging it was a huge turning point for me in in life, really. I mean, that's actually, if, if I had to pinpoint how I got into treating my blog like a business was because I, I was diagnosed with postpartum 15 months in. And then after a lot of therapy for it, it came that it just, I knew that I had to change my circumstances and that was getting out of corporate. And so that's wait, okay. pretty People much. want to find that blog post. Do you know, do you remember the title if they went to how they could find it? It's, I'm almost positive the URL is redefiningmom.com forward slash postpartum hyphen PTSD. Got it. Got it. And how long did it last? Like, it sounds like you came out the other end, although now you have another baby. Um, how long did it take for you to kind of come back to yourself? So... The I thought after I had her that my turning point was around the first year, but then my husband came to me and said, I really want my kids to be close together. And I thought I was going to gouge out his eyes, which was a big red flag that something wasn't right. And I, I was, I kind of knew something wasn't right because when I went back to work, I saw all these moms that had multiple kids functioning. I felt like way better than I was. And I'm like, I only have one. Why is this so hard for me? Like I was just stressed out all the time. And then he asked for another kid and I flipped out to put it mildly. And I switched doctors because the doctor issue was kind of what led to the birth trauma. Mm -hmm. So I got a new doctor, sat down with her and she she almost hit the nail on the head within five minutes of talking to me, like waterworks turned on. And she, she said, you're, you're definitely dealing with some postpartum issues. And I thought that's kind of crazy, you know, 15 months postpartum, really? So she sent me to a therapist and then I would say around year two when my daughter turned two is really when I started to feel like myself again. Mm. And because of that, I really did not want to rush into having another kid because it terrified me that 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 it would happen again. Mm. Yes. When I was pregnant, I read this book. I don't know if you've read it called The Female Brain. And it goes through, it's a really good book and it goes through how our brains evolve over time. And one, there's a chapter on pregnancy and it talks about how our brains get completely rewired during pregnancy. And again, I read it and I thought, oh, this is really interesting. And then I had my daughter and I thought, oh my God, (laughs) because um, 
when I was, so I was a writer in Hollywood. I wrote uh, movies and I was in the midst of writing a movie for Salma Hayek when I was pregnant and gave birth to my daughter and had not finished my draft of my script and totally panicked. And here I had popped out my baby. Or it, again, my birth was, our birth was not terrific either at a big, you know, big C-section and stuff, uh, not planned. And then I had this script to write and literally everything shifted. Like I didn't care anymore. I, I Like all of a sudden I had this person and I was sharing earlier, like I had to keep her alive. And mm-hmm. it just like my brain changed. And it was really because of that, that I ultimately, uh, then I, I wrote, another movie and I'm in the midst of it and I remember thinking oh my god this is like a part of me would have thought this was so cool previously uh and I'm sitting in a meeting at Paramount and I'm thinking to myself oh you guys like yeah like I don't care what you're talking about because I have a bigger job now like I'm Lainey's mom I gotta get home to her and like my I'm nursing so like (laughs) you know I'm like missing her and I'm like you know leaking and I'm thinking wow this is crazy so I will say for me, again, when I had my daughter, everything changed. Everything. And so first, I did not know that you were used to be a script writer, which is really cool. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's a cool fact. Thank you. Um, sitting in a meeting in Paramount. That's that's a very it, cool fact. But it was much cooler before I had my daughter. Well, so, you know, I can completely relate on that. So I started my career pretty young. I started at while well, I was still in undergrad, unbeknownst to me, because I was I was on the path to go to law school. I actually got into Harvard Law and turned it down because I started working for a big Fortune 100 technology company while I was in undergrad, and then I I graduated early, so I had this gap before law school would have started, and so I started full time. Uh, I transitioned from part time to full time, and so my career just they they came to me and said, hey, you know, we'll pay you to get your MBA. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, I could stay locally. And it just, my life just sort of took off in that direction. So I worked at the same Fortune 100 company for 11 years. And when I said that, when I was um, 31, people would be like, but you're only 31. I'm like, yes, I started when I was 20. <laughs> I know that's, it's hard for people to, <clears throat> they're like, how is that possible? But I got it while I was working full time. My MBA I got while I was working full time. And I was on the career path like but even when I got pregnant it was like I had a one-track mind I was climbing the ladder I knew where I wanted to go and and my mind is like well why else did I get my MBA if I wasn't going to use it and you know get to the C-suite someday and then I had her and nothing about my career appealed to me whatsoever when I went back to work it was nothing but a burden yep I I totally know I, I it's super it was super weird because I too was crazy driven and um and again not the weird part was that after I had my daughter I was still driven but in a different way Mm -hmm. yeah I wanted more control over my life that's exactly it and I I've done a lot of thinking about this because I'm I'm like naturally pretty rebellious I would say, but I've always been straight and narrow. Like I, it's so funny because my husband says, you have so many opinions, but you've always followed the rules in life. Like I went to Catholic school my entire life up through college and I follow, I never got a detention. I always, I never didn't hand in my homework. If I got a B, it was like the end of the world. I always just, I, I never missed a deadline at work. It, it just was 
but yet I had this rebellious side of me that felt like I'm really sick of following the rules all the time. I was just burned out from constantly following the rules and I wanted to do something that was on my own terms. Like I, I think in a blog post when I quit my job, I said, you know, how crazy is it that I had to ask permission to go to a doctor's appointment? Like, why do we have to ask other adults permission to go to a doctor's appointment? So, you know, I just, I knew. And when I I also look back and I, I did a live on this in my group at one point about my, I always had an entrepreneurial spirit because I did some crazy things even as a teenager to make money online. Like I bet before like eBay was a thing, Yahoo auctions was a thing. And I mean, I was probably like 15 at this point and I learned how to, um, <clears throat> which is people will laugh, but we would, I learned how to get good tickets from Ticketmaster and how the Ticketmaster system worked and when they would release the good tickets. And I had an obsession in my teenage years with NSYNC. So I would get really good tickets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I would take, and then I learned that people would actually buy photographs. This is, you know, I mean, this was film. I remember it, this was not digital. I tur- It did turn digital like halfway through this obsession, but um, I would take pictures and sell them on Yahoo auctions and make a ton of money. And wow. so then I, my, and I got good at SEO without even realizing it was SEO. I just didn't right. realize what right. I was doing. Right. And that sort of was like the beginning. But all, like my dad was telling me all these things I did as a kid with like spinning up. Like I had this thing with Lisa Frank stickers and I figured out how to sell them to my friends and just like really weird stuff that I did. And I, I found a book when I moved, um, it was a woman entrepreneur book. It was probably, I mean, this was before this was, this had been like 12 years ago. And I took notes about all these different types of like business things I thought of that would be a cool idea. And none of them are really relevant anymore because the world's changed so much with the explosion of the internet. But it, I don't know. It just, I think I always had that inkling that I was meant to do something else, but I only knew one way, which was to fall in line kind of. Right. listen to authority and that's just the way it's going to be. Right. Right. And that I will say for me, having my daughter, and I've mentioned this previously on the podcast, having my daughter has made me braver because I don't have as much time to obsess about stuff in my head that I kind of send the email, you know, a brand wants to work with me and I go, okay, here's how much it is. And I, I kind of gulp a little bit because you know what? My time is valuable. And if they say yes, great. And if they say no, I'm going to forget I sent that email. Well, you know, that is, you're hitting on so many points. I feel like I talk to my husband about all the time now that I just had my second because I have it. So I have this thing where people are shocked that I wanted to get back to work so fast after having my second because I got 12 weeks the first time, obviously, because I was in corporate and that's just how it was where I worked. And then now I, I think it was like week four, I, I was planning to take six weeks and then I realized real quick that I actually had to probably take eight because they don't get their shots until two months. And I'm like, well, I guess I gotta, can't really expose her to much, very much before then. So I was, but I was like, I want to work at <clears throat> four weeks and my, everyone's looking at me like, what, what are you talking about? You just had a baby. Don't you want to, you know, spend time with your baby? But I, I said the problem with me not working. First of all, I'm very passionate about what I do. But second of all, is that I could very quickly fall into the let, let I, I didn't, I wanted to seize opportunities and not let the 
having a baby be a reason why I had to push things. Like even this podcast, like I reached out to pretty soon after having her because it was going to be really easy for me to just kind of sail having the baby and, you know, well, I just had a baby, so I don't have to work right now, but I was going to miss opportunities if I, if I didn't like just start putting myself out there again. Hmm. Yes. And, and again, because of the, you know, the work that we do, like I'm, I'm in like my casual pants right now and I have no makeup on and I can still do it. I can, we can still like my brain's still working, but I didn't have to shower yet, you know, and and I can still do my job. Yeah. It's, and it's one of the, in this world, when you get momentum, which I feel like I've uh, in the last six months, of course, it always, every momentum thing I've ever really had, like I got two promotions when I got back from my last maternity leave. Well, the momentum in my business really picked up in my third trimester this time. Mm. And so I didn't want to lose that momentum because once you, when you disappear from this world, I mean, you're like, you're just gone. <laughs> right. You know, so I, and I kept telling my husband, I'm like, I don't, it would be, I busted my butt for this. It would be a shame to just let it go and implode. <laughs> so could you talk then to, a mom, let's say, who has a baby, whose brain has been rewired, whose priorities now, like, you know, for me, hanging out with Salma Hayek was no longer cool. Hanging out with my baby was what I wanted to be doing. Uh, and who's kind of freaking out on the inside going, what the hell has happened to me? Who's probably really sleep deprived, who, uh, you know, has not seen a shower in a long time, but who has this feeling of like, where is my life going? And there's more to me than just, you know, being with my baby, even though that's kind of what the world is telling me I need to be doing. But going back, let's say to my corporate job doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. What would you say to her? I think along the way, like, uh, especially now, my daughter's 10 and a half weeks. This is not, she's pretty new, right? And people are still telling me or and acting as if I'm not working because they don't, I have people in my life that just can't wrap their mind around me working. So. Oh, wait, I first, just have to say, I have people here who have no idea that I still <laughs> I work, <laughs> just so you know. It, just because it doesn't look like a normal job. And because, no, it, you know, I can wear yeah. my casual clothes all the time. And they wonder what the heck you do on the computer. And they, they, no, they think it's cute that I have some sort of blogish thing. But anyway, yes. go on. Go I, on. I, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then when they find out that the blogish thing really makes me more than I made in corporate, they're like, wait, what? How did you do that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But anyway, so go back. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's okay. Um, so when it comes to, you know, being in that, that new mom phase and you are just overwhelmed by everything, the lack of sleep when you're going to shower, all the things that you said, I personally find, and this is what I tell people all the time, is acknowledging it as step number one. Like acknowledging that this is not easy and then asking for help because I did not ask for help the first time. I am one of these people that honestly asking for help stresses me out in a lot of ways. It makes me feel like, well, if I ask for help and they do something for me, then I'm going to owe them the favor and I feel like I'm indebted and then when am I going to ever have time to pay back this debt? that I asked for help and bad way to, to see it. But I've noticed that a lot of new moms feel that way. They mm. just don't ask for help. And so I now this time it's like night and day. Last time I asked for nothing and I felt like I was on an Island. No one visited me. I was completely 
drowning in sorrow, to be honest with you, last time. It was just awful. This time, I got up around week four. That's when I started saying I wanted to go back to work. But it also coincided with I felt like I was starting to spiral. I felt like things were becoming unmanageable really fast for me. Because mm. the first couple weeks, they they kind of are a little drowsy and you're still not your the sleep deprivation hasn't really kicked in yet. Like mm. you're still able to function even though you're not sleeping a ton. And then it hit me. My husband traveled for a whole week and it was my unraveling. So when he came home, I had two options. And this is, I think a lot of women reach this point. I either was going to hide it and try to make it work without saying anything uh, and be miserable, or I was going to speak up and tell him what I needed and get help. Hmm. So what and, kind of help did you get? Oh, we got a lot of help. Um, <laughs> the first thing I did was, um, you know, I, I strongly feel like I, I went through, I changed my career intentionally so that I could build a flexible lifestyle that made me happier. And part of that was being able to afford certain things, which my business now allows me to do. So we contacted a postpartum service and we started getting sleep support because I pump exclusively. So I'm able to pump and someone else can feed her at night. I still have to wake up to pump because I'm on a schedule, but um, we got a postpartum doula that came in two to two to four nights in May because we're recording at the end of May. So like the last four or five weeks and they sleep trained her, which I didn't even know was possible to be honest with you. But because for us, what I've come to learn or feel like what happened was that when we wake up with her, we're kind of stressed about the lack of sleep because we're overtired. We don't know when she's going to go back to sleep and it would stress us out. But the doulas, that's what they're here for. They don't, they're supposed to be awake, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and their, their sleep schedule, they know they get to go home and they can sleep because they don't have a newborn. So it, she just became a really good sleeper, pretty like a lot faster than my first. And where she's giving us four to five hour blocks now versus like a two to three hour blocks, which is a lot harder to manage for sleep deprivation. So that was the first thing I did this time was, was do that. And I honestly, it was possible because of logging. I could not have done this in corporate. It would have, it would have broke us. It was way too expensive for what I made in corporate. So I owe that to my business first. Nice, nice. I also, though, my mother-in-law is one of those that loves babies. <laughs> she okay. Babies are fabulous. And she knows my feelings on it. I, you know, my baby is fabulous. I wish she would sleep. Yes. <laughs> so my mother-in-law took her um, a couple nights as well. Like, willing, like, she just loved it. She thought it was the best thing ever. And I'm like, I am not. There was part of me that thought, I'm a terrible mother that I'm letting my baby my newborn be taken care of by other people at night. Like what's wrong with me that I, that I'm allowing this to happen. And then I'm like, well, who someone said to me, I can't remember who it was, but someone said, you know, there's no trophies handed out for the person who sleeps the least as a mom. Ooh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Was, you're right. No one's going to reward me at the end of this for being out of my mind, sleep deprived and not being able to cope with this. And if I thought, and I, I'm still, pretty much in the middle of this, but I strongly feel that getting sleep helps me to stay away from the post. I called it a black hole last time. That's what mm -hmm. I felt like I was stuck in a black hole and I would do anything to avoid feeling that way again. So if getting sleep and allowing my mother-in-law to take the baby or hiring someone because we, we are able to do that this time, 
helps me, then right. why would I not do it? Right. When when uh, my daughter was born, I had a babysitter for her because I was writing scripts and stuff like that. But I also believed I needed time that was mine. I needed time away. And I too had that guilt of like, wait, I don't want to be with my baby 24 seven. And then I came to the realization that I was a better mother when I had these breaks because she would come home and I would be able to love her, love on her even more because I missed her. Yes. Because I I wasn't drowning in this monotony of like, oh my God, it's only been, you know, the experience I would feel is like, I'd have this newborn and like a half hour would go by and I would think, oh my God, what am I going to do in the next 23 hours and 30 minutes? Like how is, like time is going so slowly. And so to have a break and come back, I was so recharged that I, I came to the realization I'm a better mother for it. And everyone recharges differently. So I, I don't recharge by interaction with others. I'm definitely a classic. I call myself an outspoken introvert. Oh, I like that. I am too. I am too. Like we have no problem. I'm socializing with you right now and this is not a problem for me. But if I do back-to-backs like this in a day, then instead of if – if I did, you know, let's say three or four hour-long calls – and then immediately when I was done, it was like, okay, here's the baby. It's your time now. You're, t- you're tapped in as a mom. That would make that doesn't help me at all. So I have to be intentional with how much interaction I, I have when I'm working so that when it is my time to tap back into being mom, I'm not overwhelmed by her. And I've, I t- I, I've come I, to learn that about myself. I, I think that that, yes, I do think, again, just what you said is so important, which is, Understanding your rhythms as a mother, understanding what feeds you, because being a mother is so exhausting. It is so, um, it sucks everything out of you. Now, again, it is also the most, for me, it has given me purpose and meaning in a way that I am so happy that I get to have. Mm -hmm. And so it's that thing of like, oh my God, it's also one of the best things I've done in my life. It is one of the the things I am most proud of. It is, it is, it's given me so much. um, I understand humanity in a way that I don't think I would have if I didn't have become a mother. So so it's it's so profound. Yes. It teaches you how to sacrifice too. It teaches you how to sacrifice. Like it, it stretches you in ways that you never would get stretched. Yep. And it forces you to grow up and it forces you to confront your own issues. And like it is it is magical in so many ways and so difficult. And, you know, it's not just for moms, too, because my husband, like I said, my, my mother-in-law thinks babies and children are like the best thing ever. She couldn't imagine being anything but a stay-at-home mom. Like and it was she she had no passion to work outside the home whatsoever. That's what she wanted to do. She had four boys. She loved it. So my husband was raised with that's what moms like to do, right? Mm, mm, and then yeah. enter his wife who it was like the exact opposite. And at, there was a time when I had my first that I actually thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And that, I mean, I have since reneged really hard against that. <laughs> I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. But, you know, for him, that was a, a super hard adjustment. And I took it super personally. Like, What's why do you want with me? Yeah. yeah. And why do you want me to be something I'm not? 
And then what, what I've learned with him too, which helps him is that when he's alone with the kids, so we've discovered that he's, my, my husband's a terrific father. He is so in tune to the girls and he loves them dearly, but he can't keep the house functioning and take care of them like I can. Hmm. So I point when he gets overwhelmed, like if I, you know, I'm on a business trip or something and he'll, he, he feels frazzled, you know, with just all the moving parts. And I'll say, so would you want to, do you want to do this full time? And the answer is always no. It's like, so if you don't want to do it full time, why just because I'm a woman, should I want to do it full time? Right. Right. You know, like we all have different things that light us up and being a mom is just one of the things that like, that lights me up. It's not the only thing that lights me up. So, okay. So let's go back to, I'm a, uh, so I'm a new mom right? But now everything is just different. But I don't, I want something for myself. And if I quit my job, we lose that income. Mm -hmm. But I'm overwhelmed because I now have kids and, but I'm kind of lost, but I'm hardworking, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, all of these things. Um, But I can't seem to get my shower in for the day. Could I then start some sort of business? Well, so the first thing is, and it's no matter how you look at it, it just is the first thing you have to do is just start because there will never be a good time that a side hustle or starting a blog will ever, especially if you're already working full time, which I did. I started this when I was working full time. There's never a good time for it to fit in and you're going to have to make trade-offs and sacrifices for it to happen. So, and I give up a lot of social engagements because- well, part of me would rather just work. And then the other part of me is that's the only time I have, right? So I whew, I would say that we, I mean, we changed our lifestyle quite dramatically when I decided that I wanted this to be a thing. And uh, so Saturday mornings, for example, he took over sole childcare and I would leave. I And I had to leave because otherwise if your kids see you, then you're still there. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I would just leave the house and I did a lot of nights. I worked until really late at night. I actually would take days off. I would use my vacation time at work to take days off to work on my business. Wow. Because I already had childcare, right? Because I should have been at work. And so I would just really get, and I learned real fast. Um, and this kind of comes with, I have a corporate marketing background. So ROI, you know, return on investment was always like the thing in my life, whether it was corporate or business. I just learned to give up the tasks in my business that weren't producing revenue, especially in the beginning. I do a lot of stuff now that is not necessarily revenue driven, but necessary to move forward. Yeah. Um, but I also have a little bit more time than when I was in corporate. So what would you say? Okay, so if I am a mom, a new mom, and I want to start a side hustle, walk me through what you recommend. Uh, well, first you got to get your if you're if you're have a partner, you're married or whatever, you have to get that on board first. Like, honestly, mm. I strongly feel that that's your first move because if you just dive in and then ex- inform them later. Right. Like, hey, you're staying home this morning while I go work on my business. Like, what? Okay. And and most partners will not understand why you're doing something that doesn't have an immediate payoff. So, Mm. and I had this, my husband and I, when I pulled the plug on corporate, I had the backbone 
all set up. Like the website had been up for three years. I didn't touch it for long periods of time in there, but I had some cool opportunities that came to me just by having a website up. Like I wasn't even actively blogging and I got to go to the white house. I got invited to a working families event under the Obama administration and I got to meet him. Like Mm. I, I got to go in the West wing, like right outside the oval office. So it was, it was a pretty big deal just because I had a website um, that was up. I mean, I barely touched it at the time. So I spent, I, when I pulled the plug though on corporate, I was not making my corporate salary. Like it wasn't an exact trade off. Like, okay, now this month I'm bringing in the same amount. Like luckily for us, we were able to save and finagle things so that I had a little bit of ramp time, but my husband expected when I pulled the plug on corporate that I was going to be way more present at home because I didn't have a quarter right. job job. Yep. And for five months we bought it heads like crazy. And I had this thing that happened. I call it decision fatigue. Um, I did not realize how many decisions that you actually make when you run your own business in a day. So things I would typically decide for the house, I was burned. It wasn't like I was physically there, but my brain was just fried and I could not, I, I, I would dump stuff on him. I'd be like, you decide. I can't, I can't do this. Right. I, I call that mental load. My husband and I talk about it all the time of just like, oh my God, my mental load is so high right now. Even to decide like what shoes to wear. <laughs> and that seems so silly, but it's, it's a real thing. And I learned that real quick in the five months when it became like my full time thing. So if now I help when I talk to moms who are, you know, just kind of embarking on this journey, I tell them, number one thing, you have to get your husband on board or your spouse or your partner. And you have to get you have to uh, articulate that one. You're not going to see money instantaneously. It, okay. it's, you have to ramp up. There's going to be a ramp up time. And two, you have to ask directly for dedicated time to work on it where you're not point person in the house or as the parent and you Mm. have to put it on the calendar I always say put it on the calendar because if it's not on the calendar it's like it doesn't exist Mm. Mm. so once you do that you and you can get them to buy in then you got to run your finances then you got to figure out how much do I have to make when, if you are working, what is the tipping point that will allow you to quit your job and your budget? Can you put extra money away until that? Like you have to figure that part out because people don't do these two things because they, I think a lot of people are skeptical that they'll actually, it will actually become something. So they just put it off. And the truth is if you don't figure out your finances, it will never become something because you don't know where you stand then. Mm. Right. Right. And that, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And <laughs> like there's a lot, you know, again, I think that becoming a mother is a lot about learning to be okay in discomfort. And this is another yeah. one of those places where it's uncomfortable. Very. I mean, they're, they're tough conversations. And I, I would say, and my husband would probably agree that I dug in my heels pretty hard and not that he, he did not like it at all. Right. 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 It, it wasn't like this, this, um, I think a lot of times people read these stories about, you know, bloggers make it big and then their husband come home, comes home from his job to work with them. Well, my husband yep. has clearly said he has no ambition to do that still, even though I'm making a lot more than I was the day I started. Right. He does not want to do it. He wants to travel in his job, which complicates our schedule because as my business is taking off, he still wants his career path right. to be on his trajectory. 
Um, and so, you know, he, it was not like this love story of he just fell in love with my business and, <laughs> you know, we sailed off into the sunset. We fought a lot right, about right, it. Right, right, right. Okay, so then what, okay, so now I, I, let's say I've done this and I've got six months, a six month mm-hmm. runway to make a business, to sh- prove to my husband that this isn't just a pipe dream. Now what? What are the, some of the easiest ways to start bringing income in? Because I've got, let's say, okay, so I put up a blog, mm-hmm. right? I I get that up and running. Now I have no people. I don't even know what I'm doing. Like what? where can I quickly make money? Okay, that's the end of part one. Yes, I left you on a cliffhanger. So please come back next week and learn how to start making money from nothing. Hey guys, so we just launched a new service called Milo Tree Fast Track. For $50, we will optimize and install your Milo Tree pop-up on your site. This way you can put your social media growth and email list growth on autopilot and you won't have to worry about it. If you sign up now, you get your first 30 days free. Reach out to me if you're interested at jillian at milotree.com.